Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. You know, uh, we're going to talk about a guy named Moses. You ever heard about Moses? So he pretty much is a guy like, if I... I think he, I feel like, this is me speaking, but from my perspective, I, when I look at Moses, I feel like he kind of felt like he missed it because he killed a man. He's kind of, you know, um, he's kind of like Johnny Cash. Like, you know, I, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. It was, but, but instead of Johnny Cash, like, who didn't do that, Moses actually did kill somebody. Um, and then he went, he kind of fled into the wilderness and was just, and was watching sheep. So he, became, he went out and became a shepherd. And so it wasn't until he was like much later in his life, way late in his life, that God actually, that's when God called him. And, it, and the best part is that I love it when he, he walks by and God is speaking to him in a burning bush. But really like it says that he walks by and it says that there's this burning bush there and he, and he, and he turned aside. He, he turned and actually paid attention to it. And I think that's where a lot of us are, that God is trying to speak to you, but maybe if, if you're not attentive to it, you'll miss it. If you don't actually turn to it and turn and listen to what the Lord is saying, then there's a good chance that you may miss what God is, is telling you. But So don't harden your hearts, keep your hearts soft, and keep your ears attentive to what God is saying and what I've learned in my life is that God speaks in a very quiet voice most of the time. You know, as I, I, I wish it was audible all the time, but then I read about stories where God speaks to people in an audible voice, and usually it's with an angel, and the angel appears before him, and they're scared to death. So maybe it's better that he still speaks to my heart in a still small voice. Otherwise, I may be all shaky all the time because, you know, it's like, oh, last night God just appeared to me in a... I felt like I was going to die and stuff, but I'm here today. Thank God. But I want to, you to know that like God is speaking in a still small voice, but you, gotta, you have to tune your ears and listen. And I, and I believe he's speaking, he's speaking more today, more now than ever. And I just see, I look around the world and I see prophecies being fulfilled. I see just things that God spoke about a long time ago, just coming to play, coming to play. And it's just, you're watching just all these things unfold and it's an exciting time to be in, you know. I, but if you're not a believer, it's kind of a terrifying time to be in. But as a believer, it's exciting because it's just like the Lord just says, you know, when you see all these things, look up because your redemption draweth nigh. So our redemption is coming soon. I'm just excited, man. It's like I, every morning, man, I wake up. It's like I just want to hear like a, a big old, I want to hear a big trumpet, you know, and then and like, peace, I'm out. <laughs> so... <laughs> so many times in my life, like God's just, you know, you get, in a, you get to a place of frustration in your life, and then God just says, you know what, just, I'm taking, I'm going to move you here. And you just kind of get to go, peace. Because <laughs> um, it says for us to leave our peace, you know, like, you know, when, when if you have trouble with people, just, just, just leave your peace, you know. And then others, it says, you know, just, just shake the dust off your feet and just keep moving, you know. And that's what I've realized in my life is the best, is the best uh, solution to most of my problems. Just listen to the Lord. And if the Lord tells me not to move, then I'm just going to stand. But when the Lord tells me to move, it's like, I'm out of here. Y'all can have it. <laughs> so 
whatever you're, that's for somebody, whatever you're going through, just trust the Lord. And it plays into what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, I'm going to, the title of my message is Be Still and Move Forward. Be Still and Move Forward. Um, I mean, that might sound kind of strange. You know, how do you, how do you stand still? How do you keep still and yet, and yet move forward? But I believe like what God wants to do in our life is he wants you to be still and come to a place where you're just calm in every situation and allow him to move these things. It tells us to speak to the mountain and it will be moved. Okay, so I'm going to speak to the mountain, but am I the one moving the mountain? Mm-mm. God moves the mountain. So I'm just, I speak and I wait on the Lord to do what he says that he'll do in my life. And, I, and when you do that, God just, he, he will do amazing things. He'll do mighty works because he loves it when his kids trust him. He loves it when his kids just actually like, you know what? My dad is a big, a big dad and he's, a, he's very strong and he can handle this situation. And so, um, you know, I would just caution anyone around that doesn't like me that I've got a really big dad and he loves me a lot. So, um, you know, my dad can beat up your dad. So, um, Psalm 46, um, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble and the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come, see the glorious work of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. I love that. Like, be still and know. Just be still. Stop striving. Stop trying to get everybody else to strive with you, but rather be still. God says, I will be honored in the nations. So many of us, it's like we were just like, it, 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 it's so frustrating when people are just so disrespectful and so just intolerant to the things of God. It's so frustrating to live in a culture that calls good evil and evil good. It's so frustrating. It's just, you just want to shake people all the time. I just want to just wake up, wake up, you know? Ah! If it would help, I'd do it. But every time I've tried, people some, somehow get mad when you slap them around and shake them. They don't like it. 
I, so I have to just rest in the promise that he says, I will be honored. I will be honored in the nations. So I look for, I keep, I just quiet myself and be, and I just say, Lord, I know that one day you'll be honored in the nations and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. It's, it's trusting God at his word. It's trusting God at what he speaks to you. He speaks to us through a Logos word, which is the written word of God, and he speaks to us through a Rhema word, which he speaks to our spirit. He quickens our spirit. Many times we'll take the Logos word and he'll apply it in our spirit and, we'll, and he'll bring it to life in us. That's why it's so important for us to meditate on the word of God both day and night. I don't know how you meditate on the word, but we really ought to meditate on the word more, more and more because it is fellowship with him. It's, it is our daily bread. And if you aren't eating your daily bread, then many times we get anemic. And then we start to act out of the flesh. We start going around trying to shake people and come out of it. You know, come out. <laughs> but I've just learned, you know, when, when Jesus spoke to demonic forces, he just said, just shut up and come out. And it was very quick. Some, now, some of them threw, threw a tantrum before they wanted to come out, but they still came out. You didn't, I, just, I just don't, I don't get the inflection in the word that Jesus was shouting and yelling at, you know, come out. It was just a simple come out, get out, be healed, pick up your mat, get up, walk. It was simple because he trusted God at his word. He trusted his father. He's, he's, he says, I only do what I see the Father doing. So in our life, like, you have to see what is the Father doing. You have to keep your eyes open. What are you, Lord, what are you doing here? What do you want to do? Because the flesh will get in the way. Your emotions are a part of your flesh. And I'm telling you, it's, it's real easy to fall into going by your emotions. And I'm not saying that emotions are bad. I think emotions are beneficial. I think... If you don't have emotions, you're kind of dead inside. So emotions are good, but if you're driven by your emotions, instead of the leading of the Lord, then you're gonna be in constant chaos. You'll be in chaos and you'll cause chaos around everybody around you. And I don't know about you, but I just, I don't want chaos in my life, man. I want the peace of God that will surpass all my understanding. Because I can have a clear understanding of the situation and it might look very bleak. I'm okay with admitting this looks bleak. This does not look good. All signs are pointing that this is a bad thing that's about to happen. But God just says, peace, be still. God, he just says, be still and know that I am God. When you find yourself stuck between a rock and a hard place, you must be still and know that he is God. You're not God. You can't change the situation. God is not a man. He doesn't react like a man. He reacts as God. He knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning and all that eternity stuff. Eternity will blow your mind. Try to think about eternity. It's timelessness. So maybe you're thinking about, what time is lunch? 
in eternity, it doesn't matter. I don't know. Lunch is, lunch is whenever. I just, I just, I start thinking about eternity and my brain starts to go like this, I think. We just have to be still and know that he is God. Know that his word is true. If you know that his word is true and you stand on the promises, it's like then whatever the situation that you're up against, you can trust him at his word. I wish that I could tell you that I don't get, <laughs> that I don't let my emotions lead me. It's not true. I've had many conversations alone in my car where I'm yelling at somebody and I'm really letting them have it. I've written letters to people and I've really let them have it. But when I get done with that letter, I hit delete. I got it out. Okay, God, now I'm gonna trust you. Okay, I got my emotions out of the way. I can think clearly now. All right, Lord, what are you saying? I've, sa I've said my piece, Lord, what are you saying here? Typically and usually it's the opposite of whatever I was thinking. It's like, I'm gonna let you have it. You shouldn't have done this. You're just, so, you're this and you're that. God, what do you think? Forgive them. Forgive them as I forgave you. All right. All right, delete. New paragraph. <laughs> but they did this. That's why I think you should keep a journal and just write these things out to the Lord. Let him be the one who reads it, not anybody else. Keep it locked away. Keep it under your bed. When you die, someone can find out what you were thinking. That's fine. It's like, man, I didn't I had no idea. Oh, man. It's probably what happened to people in the Bible. They're like, man, I didn't know they were documenting that. Man, we told me that. They say they record. Who's rec who recorded this? Luke? Man. Ah. Paul's probably like, Luke, why'd you have to put that in there about Barnabas, about us splitting? That was messed up, man. People need to know. People need to know who you are, Paul. We all know. <laughs> We're in eternity with you, man. We know. You're a fiery, you're a firecracker, man. <laughs> Psalm 84. I think a lot of us are firecrackers. Amen. I'd rather be a firecracker than a wet blanket. How's that? <laughs> Write that down. Put that in your book. Psalm 84, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. I love the uh, New Living Translation because it speaks of God, O Lord of heaven's armies. It reminds me that God is a God of, of war, that he is a God of justice and he's a God of vengeance, but he's also a God of mercy. And he's given us and he's given the world ample opportunity to really get things right, squared away with him. And so, you know, when people ask you, like, how can God be, how can he allow these bad things to happen? It's, and it's just, it's, it's simple because he loves us, because he wants you to grow into maturity. He wants you to learn from him. He wants you to hear his voice and, and you have a chance to respond to his voice. The Bible says, again, it says, don't harden your hearts. Today, don't harden your hearts as they did in the wilderness. You have to hear what the Lord is saying. 
And, and I'm telling you, every time he's, so much of what God is saying is forgiveness. It's love and forgiveness. It's his, it's, it's his kindness. His kindness leads us to repentance. If it weren't for the kindness of God, man, where would, where would all of us be? If God, just, if, he, if God just rolled up his sleeves every time we did something wrong, man, none of us would be here. If God went to war, if the God of heaven's armies went to war and, and actually and held us accountable to the things that we've said and done to other people, the things that we've thought, the things that, we've, that we have, you know, uh, those, those, un, those measures of unforgiveness sometimes that we've held on to for years and it took us a long time to get over. If, if, if God held us account to account to those things, who could stand? Who here could stand? You know, all of us have been wronged and all of us have done wrong. And so God tells us to forgive as he's forgiven us. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body, and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow builds her nest and raises her young at a place near your altar. O Lord of heaven's army, my king and my God, what joy for those who can live in your house, always singing your praises. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessings. They will continue to, to grow stronger, and each of them will appear before God in Zion. I love that. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. Does that speak of you? Does that speak of who you are? That even though you walk through times of weeping, that you leave behind springs of refreshing. The only way to do that is to trust in the Lord. Because even if you're weeping, you can have your emotions and everything that it, and, and situations come about that are really sad and devastating. And, it's, and, it's like, and, and, and even Jesus wept. But he trusted the Lord at all times. So when you trust the Lord, you can be still and know that he is God. And even in your weeping, you can leave behind springs of joy. And I've seen that with this church. We, uh, uh, Nita was talking earlier. It's like, you know, we averaged like 120 or so here. And I remember when we averaged like 15 or something like that. We were, we were like, well, it was a great Sunday. Had 15 people there, you know. But like, I just look around and I see it's like, you know, we're, that things are growing. It's like, but what, you know, the, if, if you've been a part of this church from the very beginning is that we've had to walk through times of weeping and times of sorrow. And we've seen times of, of, of really sad and devastating things. And we've just kind of locked arms and walked together and we've just wept through it. But at the same time, we've tried to leave behind just springs of joy. And I've seen that wherever we've gone, wherever this church body has gone, it seems to leave behind just a little spring of life and joy in the places that we go to. And, and, and we still get to have connection. And some of, one of the places that we started out was at Chuck and Janice White's church. And uh, that was like our very st first starting point. And, they, and then they're here. You know, it's like they, they were refreshed. I remember when we were there for a couple months and then some of their congregation came up and was telling us like, man, that, it, and we were, uh, when we left, they were telling us, like, man, you, when you guys were there, it was just like, it, it just, 
rejuvenated us and just gave us some life and we just felt rejuvenated. And it's like, and it was the same for us. We felt rejuvenated just getting around the body. Because when you get around the body of Christ and you just begin just to praise God, really, if you want to be still and know that he is God, then just praise him in the midst of your trials, in the midst of your frustrations, just begin to praise him because your praise is the thing that really it's just the, the Lord inhabits that. And I don't know about you, but I want God to be, in, inhabit me. I don't want to just know about God. I don't want to read about God. I, I could, listen, if, if at this point in my life, I'm be very blunt and very honest with you, at this point in my life, if I had not had an encounter with God personally, I would not be here because I've seen enough hypocrisy, I've seen enough lies, I've seen enough things that frustrated me that if I didn't have an actual walk with God and God speaking in my life, I would have been like, peace, I'm out of here. And I've been like, peace to you, peace to God, peace to everybody else. And I would have just been like, I don't know where I'd be. But God spoke, has spoken to me time and time again, and it's allowed me to just be still and know who he is. And I've watched him fulfill every promise in my life things that he spoke years ago, I'm watching him fulfill it. Things that he spoke in my spirit just so quietly. Last, sometime last year, the Lord just spoke to me at the beginning of the year and said, I want you, it's time to go to India. I want you to go to India. So I called up my friend, uh, Jonathan Ryder. He'll be here in, in a few weeks. And, uh, and I called him up and I was like, I just hear the Lord saying, it's time for me to come to India. And he's like, awesome. He's like, well, he's like, uh, let me let you talk to my team and and we'll go from, uh, and, and you talk to them, because we're talking about trying to build a, a music studio. And I'm like, well, this is perfect timing. And it's like, and it's like so I, I, I talked to them, and, and they're like, yeah, we need this, and we need that, and we're looking to build the studio because we want to build a studio here uh, at our headquarters and invite locals to come in and record so that we can minister to them one-on-one the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because in India, it's not like here. You have to be very discreet about how you minister the gospel. And so they're just inviting people to come in and just get to, and they get to know them and they're recording and they're, and they're setting these things up. So they didn't have anything. They had nothing, no, no real recording uh, equipment or anything. And so the Lord just worked it out. Long story short, the Lord worked it out so that I could bring a 70 pound bag with me that had just all, I had, I got to bring two 70 pound bags all the way from here to India. And I got to, in one of those bags had everything that they needed to start a sound recording studio. I mean, it was like down to like, you know, like three pounds of my maximum limit and that, and everything that they needed, the, everything they ordered. Um, let me tell you this too. So one of the guys on their team is from Korea. He went back to Korea and told his church what we're, we're trying to do. And they raised over $4,000 for this thing. Cause I, I left that conversation. Like, I don't know. I mean, this is all great, but like, do I need to raise this money? Like what? And the Lord was just like, no. I was like, okay. So, and then I, I talked to him a couple months later. Oh yeah, we've, we already got $4,000. We've already bought the equipment. It's coming to your house in a few weeks. And so you can just bring it. And, uh, and at the time, I still hadn't had my visa approved. So I'm like, well, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get there. They're like, well, it'll work out. And God worked it out. He totally worked it out. We had a uh, Jim Riley came here, and, and he spoke over me. He said, he said uh, you're going on a trip to India. He said, you've been, and I didn't say anything to him. So he said, you're going on a trip to India, uh, or you're getting ready to go on a trip. He's like, 
And uh, so just have your bags packed, have them ready to go. He's like, and you've been having some trouble? He's like, God's gonna work it out. I was like, okay. Within like a week, my, I had spent over two months trying to get the stupid visa to go through and they put me through every kind of red tape they could. And then in the 11th hour, just we tried something different and it worked right out and stuff like that. And so I find myself a few weeks later on an airplane traveling to India with this bag and we get there and we unload it. And I've heard stories since then that they've been able to reach people and, and they're bringing them in. It's really just the, the ball's moving and think God's moving, doing some good things. And it's just really a, an amazing thing. When God speaks to you, you just have to listen and, and you have to take those little steps. Sometimes he just gives you like a little glimpse of the plan. Sometimes he gives you the full plan and you just go with it and allow the Lord just to speak and you just follow the leading of the Lord. And that's what I've learned in my life. And uh, that's what I believe. And, that's, and I know it to be true because I've tested it and I've tried it. And God is faithful every time. So whatever God's put in your heart to do, it's like just present it, your plans to the Lord and it says he'll make them succeed. He'll make them succeed. So you... And the, it doesn't mean, though, that you just don't, it's just hands off now, and you don't do anything. Sometimes it is a matter of hands off in a situation. But I believe that you still have to listen. And when God tells you, okay, now let's do this, do this instead, try this, do that, and he's going to work it out in your favor. All right, I talked earlier about being between a rock and a hard place. How many of you have ever found yourself between a rock and a hard place? It's not fun. Um, Moses found himself between a rock and a hard place. So Moses, uh, God told him to go and, uh, and, and tell Pharaoh, set my, people, set my people free, let my people go. So he goes to Pharaoh and he tells him, and, and uh, may, you may or may not know the story, uh, they, had, they made a movie about it. Uh, the Charlton, Charleston Heston is, is probably the more accurate one. It is the more accurate one, even though it's not that, it's, I don't know, anyway. Um, it'll get you the idea. Um, but the Lord sends plagues. The Lord already told Moses before he went, he said, I'm gonna harden Pharaoh's heart. So you're gonna go and you're gonna ask and I'm gonna go ahead and harden his heart. He's gonna say no. So it's like, that's not a very fun assignment when the Lord tells you to go do something that's, des- that's already destined to fail. You know, if, I mean, not, all, the end goal is not gonna be failure, but, the, but it's gonna, you're gonna have to risk embarrassment and you're gonna have to risk being told no. I mean, can you, can you imagine just being Moses? And it would be like the Lord telling one of us to go and talk to the President of the United States and say, and with a harsh word, you know, if you don't do this, this is what God's going to do. And then, and, but he's like, and the Lord's already like, but before you, before you go, I've already hardened his heart. He's going he's gonna to not like what you have to say anyways. And he's going to make your life miserable, which is what happened. Pharaoh just made Moses' life miserable. And he made the, uh, more so he made all the Israelites' life miserable. Every time Moses would go and, and say, Set my, let my people go. And if you don't, God's going to do this and send a plague and, all this kind of stuff, and it's like you have 10 plagues that are coming, and his heart hardened so much that it took, it finally took 
the one where he lost the life of his own son, Pharaoh. And finally, he's like, fine, get out of here. Just get out, go. And so Moses starting to, he's get all the people and they're heading out. And I mean, it had gotten so bad that it says that the, the Egyptians were literally like throwing, <laughs> throwing their possessions at them. Please go, take whatever, just get out, just get out. And I'm telling you, it's like, if you just trust the Lord in those situations, even though you're, God's gonna work out a blessing. He will make all things work to the, for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. So whatever your situation, if you can trust that word and just give it time, it's like planting a seed. You, you know, I, we are all used to fast food, but I'm telling you that food came from the ground if it was a vegetable and it came off of a animal if it was meat. And it took time to grow that animal and it took time to, to let that seed grow into whatever you're eating. And the same is true when, when the Lord tells you to do something, you have to go plant that seed and then you gotta like watch it grow. And you have to tend to it. You got to foster it. You got to take care of it. And so when God gives you a word that you plant it by faith and then allow God to grow it. Even in salvation, it says that some, that, uh, some will speak and plant a, plant a seed, plant a word in someone's life, and then someone else comes along and waters that. But it says God makes them grow. So maybe the Lord just tells you to go to a person and just give a word that's going to be a seed in their life, and you walk away and see no result from that. And, I, and then years later, you find out that someone else came along and watered that seed, and it came to fruition, and, and now those people are living for the Lord. So in your evangelistic outreach, understand this, that maybe God tells you to do something that's out of the ordinary. It might be weird or whatever else, but just do it and watch God do something. And maybe you face ridicule. Who cares? What can man do to us? Who cares? I'm just getting to the point in my life where I'm just saying, throw my hands up, I don't care. I don't care what people think. I, every day I wake up and I just try to tell you, Lord, just help me not care what people think. I'm so tired of caring what people think. All I wanna, all, the only person I'm concerned with who, who thinks about me is you, Lord. If you're pleased with me, then I, I'm, I'm happy with that. But I'm just so tired of trying to please people. God doesn't want you to please people. He wants you to please him. So just put that behind you. Just stop trying. Stop trying to please people and just start trying to please the Lord. Because it'll work out in your favor. And you might, you might frustrate some people in the process. Who cares? I'm at the point where I just say, I don't care. If I frustrate you, then that's just too bad because I'm just going to trust the Lord. It's like I'm not trying to intentionally frustrate people. If it were that situation, then I've got a heart issue. But if I'm just doing what the Lord tells me to do and it frustrates you, then I don't care because I just want to please him. And I'm tired of trying to please everybody else. Good. Moses he got to the point where he was tired of trying to please anybody. <laughs> and so he's just, just trying to please the Lord. And if you read the story of Moses, man, oh, man. You know, P Moses is a hero in the Bible, but he earned that status. 
It says that Moses is the most humble man who ever lived. And it's my understanding that he wrote that about himself. But if you had to put up with what Moses had to put up with, and you didn't kill anybody, he killed one person, but the people that really deserved to die, who really frustrated him, were the Israelites themselves, who God did all these miracles for, delivered them, and as soon as they get out of it, they celebrate, but then they go off and start doing their own thing, and then they start complaining, grumbling and complaining. And then it's like now, once the grumbling and complaining starts to get all riled up, then it's the, it's the mob mentality And the mob turns on Moses, the very man who helped set the captives free, the very man who God used to deliver them out of Egypt. Now they're ready to stone the man because they don't like his leadership qualities. And Moses was, he lost his temper a lot. But I, I think he held back because we're about to read some of, we're about to read one thing that, he, that the Lord told him to do. And so these people are seeing miracle after miracle, and yet they still harden their hearts to the Lord and to the leading of the Lord, and they just can't be quiet and just be still and just trust God. They have to just keep opening their mouth and being ridiculous. So God doesn't want you to act ridiculous. He wants you to be still and be quiet and just know and trust him and trust his leading. Let's look at this, the situation In Exodus 14, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near the sea. They are to encamp by the sea directly opposite Bel Zephon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. So God already prepared a plan ahead of time. I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. So God's already told him, hey, man, I'm going to set you free. I'm going to set all the, all the people free, but then I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart one more time, and he's going to come after you. So just want you to know that. But I, the Lord, I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know, say will know, will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. When the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, what have we done? We've let the Israelites go and have lost their services. We lost our free labor. (laughs) This is terrible. It's a terrible idea. (laughs) So he and his chair, it's it's always the money. (laughs) That's what gets people real. You want to get someone really riled up, Do something that will affect their pocketbook. And then you'll see a civil war. What have we done? We have lost Israel. We let the Israelites go and lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they, as they camped by the sea. I sw- you know, it says that the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. But I, 
I, I don't think that Pharaoh is innocent in that situation either because he saw miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle and still he allowed his heart to be hardened. And I don't understand that. I know it's saying the Lord hardened his heart, but, I, but it's like, but I think in our life, we can allow our hearts to get hardened. If we hear the voice of the Lord and we choose to ignore it, or we see the miracles that God does in our life and we forget about them, or we, we experience the power of God and then we leave it wherever it was and, and act like it never did anything to, for us. If we see God come through for us time and time again, we see his faithfulness over and over again, and yet then we find ourselves in the next situation, and we're like, God, what are you doing to me? Why are you doing this to me? If we allow that to happen, I'm telling you, that's a hardening of our heart. You're allowing your heart to get hardened to the Lord to, to, because you're not trusting him. We have to trust the Lord at all times with our finances. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord with your finances. Give, and it shall be given back to you. Well, what if I don't have anything to give? You got something to give because it says that the Lord gives you seed to sow and food to eat. So he's already given you enough to eat and enough to sow. Maybe it's not cash. Who said anything about cash? God's given us all kinds of things. We live in the richest nation in the world. I know because I've been to India and I know what it looks like to live in poverty. I watched a man crawl under me and he had soiled britches and he had no legs on. He was crawling around on his stomach and people were just walking over him. And we want to complain about health care. Where's that guy's health care? We want to say we don't have anything. Where's this guy's stuff? literally had nothing. And then I have the audacity to complain about my situation. Let's put it into perspective. I've been to Mexico. I've seen what it's like. I've experienced for myself firsthand what it's like to be constantly feeling afraid because you don't know if that's a cartel member over here or if this person may be. And you don't know what is about to happen? While I was down there, the first time I went, one of the first times I went down there, one of the churches that we spoke at, the week before they came in, and I'm sorry if this is graphic for you, but it's real life. They came in, the cartel came in with a head and they rolled it down the aisle of the church. They left the body out in the street with an inscription written, carved into the guy's chest. And we want to complain about our police officers here who protect us. Stop complaining about the authority God's put over your life and start obeying it because God put it there. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us to, to the desert to die? That's snarky. <laughs> there weren't enough graves in Egypt. We had to come out here to die. You've just lived 
hundreds of years in slavery, and that's what you want to complain about? You just watched the Lord do 10 miracles that the whole nation, the whole nation witnessed the miracle to the point that they were like, we know that your God is the true God. Pharaoh's not the real God. Take my money. Get out. <laughs> they witnessed all that, and yet they turn in the moment where they're stuck between a rock and a hard place, and they look to the leader and say, were there not enough, were there, was there not enough graves in Egypt that you had to bring us here to die? If I were Moses... Give them what they want, Lord. Bless them with a grave right here. We'll end this right now. <laughs> I would have been like, I will start digging yours right now. <laughs> Who said that? Come here. Here's a shovel. You dig it yourself. I would have written a strongly worded letter at least. I know that. <laughs> and then crumbled it up and... What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? The whole time, they leave rejoicing. Oh, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Look at all this. Look what God's doing. Yay, we're getting out here. And then they get stuck 